I saw water pouring out from the temple. I was led through water that was ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, then a river over my head, water to swim in. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Great schools of fish, because the river is turning the salt sea into fresh water. The sea will teem with fish of all kinds. The trees on both banks will bear fresh fruit, because the river from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for healing. Thank you so much. And will you join with me? Let's welcome everybody from Kingsgate, Leicester, Cambridge, anyone joining us from London and Cafe Church. Great to be all together on this Sunday. We brave the stormy weather in believing for a spiritual storm of God's blessing, filling our lives and filling every one of our centers with his wonderful presence. So today, as we look at uh, Vision 2020, I want to start just by stepping back and reminding us about our long-term mission as a church. I'd like us to say this all together wherever we're gathered in any of our locations. Can we say this on the count of three? One, two, three. Transforming lives from our neighborhoods to the nations by the power of God's love. You know, as Karen and I look back over 31 years, and we had some family around yesterday, and we were just reflecting on you know, where we started all those years ago. We're just um, still amazed and so grateful at all that God has done and is doing in transforming people's lives. And uh, just as thrilling is the fact that those same people who've come on board have joined us in this Transforming Lives mission. Uh, a couple in particular come to mind. They're called Mel and Tina. Uh, they were unchurched couple, came along to our first ever Alpha course in 1994. How many were alive in 1994? <laughs> They, they came along, they, they, they got saved, and since then, they've basically given their life to help others come to Christ, particularly uh, through Alpha. And I just heard recently this current Alpha course that Mel was firing everyone up to, uh, to, to serve those who are coming on board. This is Mel's 78th Alpha course. Isn't that amazing? What incredible... <clears throat> Incredible commitment. And I say that because that's just one example. I can repeat that story literally hundreds and hundreds of times of people who've come on board, some for years, some decades, all across our different centers. What I love 
is we've not just got great longevity. We're not just getting old and going stale together. We've got expectancy still. In fact, in the very same people who've been on board for a long, long time, there's the sense in our midst is there's a rising sense of expectancy. God is doing a new thing. Isn't that wonderful? So we've got longevity. We've also got tremendous expectancy. We've got a right at the heart of this church, not just a, a sense of, you know, we're inward looking, but we've got a heart constantly, haven't we, to reach out and welcome and care for and disciple loads of new people who Jesus died for. Amen? And then this, I love the, the, sort of the burden, the heart for young people. You know, incredible ministry going on amongst hundreds and hundreds of children and youth and young adults and students. In fact, I want to take a moment just to pause. I'd like you to join with me. Why don't we thank everyone who's involved in pastoral leadership, involved in Sunday teams, helping with our courses, next-gen ministries, outreach or community action. Let's give a big thank you and God bless you, everybody. <clears throat> who's doing such an amazing job partnering with the Spirit of God. And it means we're a thoroughly intergenerational family. But to cap it all, isn't it such fun? We are a thoroughly multicultural family. I mean, we've got nations joining almost every week. So why don't we give God praise for all that he's done and is doing. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us. So as I've said, amazing is what has happened I'm so glad that we're not just looking back wistfully, we're looking ahead expectantly. And there's something, it seems, about this year 2020. As you saw in the video there, we've been sensing that this is what we're calling a hinge year. It's both the culmination of our 2020 four-year vision, but also 2020 is the commencement of a new decade. And sometimes it's really good to look ahead to a year, but also, as I said, some of what I believe God's going to be doing this year is going to set the course for the rest of this decade. Um, as you, I'm sure those who've been around will remember, but after, over the last three years, we've been seeking to be faithful to the vision God gave us, which was to turn the church, can we say it all together? inside out. Turn the church inside out. The sense of God's done loads of good stuff inside, in our midst and in our lives, but the call was to turn it out uh, to the people around us like never before. And uh, we've been using the Old Testament prophetic scripture from Ezekiel 47, which you saw on the reading. Brief reminder again, the, the, the river starts in the temple on the mountain, and it flows down and out. And I love this. The deeper it gets, uh, the further out it reaches, and it brings miracles of life and healing and transformation everywhere it goes. Isn't that a beautiful picture? The river of God, and who is the temple of God? Well, Jesus was the, the New Testament temple, but we now, as God's people, we are God's temple. And God wants His Spirit... <clears throat> Not just in us and on us, but flowing out from us in increasing measure. Don't know about you, but as I look back over the last three years, I'm so encouraged at signs of the move of God's Spirit going inside out. The whole sense of, I know many, many of us have got a hold of this sense that individually we are called to be kingdom ambassadors impacting the world around us. And then I want to celebrate and just say well done to everybody who's in a life group, the just incredible heart to serve 
those around you. And then what's happening in our community action and outreach ministries, I'll share a bit more later, is absolutely amazing. So God is doing a great work. You all agree? But here's the deal. We mustn't stop here. We mustn't stop here. Because as good as what we're seeing and as encouraging as the signs are inside out, you don't need me to tell you that all around all of our locations and all of our homes are multitudes and multitudes of people who Jesus died for, who God has a plan for, and we must not and we cannot stop here. Do you know what God's heartbeat is? Right now there's a heartbeat. None should perish, all should come. None should perish, all should come. And my prayer, why don't you just put your hand on your heart right now and say, Lord, give me your heartbeat. None should perish, all should come. Right now, Lord, burn a fresh fire and compassion in us for people who are facing a lost eternity and whether they know it or not are missing out on the glorious things you have for their lives. None should perish, all should come. Amen. And so what we're going to do this year, 2020, this kind of culmination year and commencement year, is we're not going to leave Ezekiel 47, but we're going to make a turn and focus less on the direction of the river or the depth of the river, but actually at the impact of the river. In other words, what happens when the river actually impacts the sea? You know what? There's a miracle takes place. <clears throat> what happens? There's healing. There's food. There's multitudes of fish. There is life wherever the river goes. And so as we've been seeking God over the last few months, since God prompting us to look at a New Testament picture of what does it look like when this Old Testament prophetic picture is actually fulfilled. Where do you think the best place to look for in the Bible for healing, salvation, mercy ministries in its fullness? It's not a trick question. Jesus. <laughs> So we're going to turn the corner, and for the rest of this series, we're going to look at how Jesus Christ, through his manifesto and through his ministry, had an incredible transformational effect on people all around him. And here's the good news. You and I are called to continue in his ministry. How cool is that? Stories found in Luke chapter 4, um, where... <clears throat> Jesus has been filled with the Holy Spirit's baptism. He goes out into the wilderness. He fasts. He overcomes the devil. And he comes back to his hometown. Anyone know what Jesus' hometown was? Nazareth. He gets up in a synagogue. And he takes another Old Testament prophetic scripture, this time from Isaiah chapter 61. And he reads these amazing words. And you're going to hear these many times over the next few weeks. Listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim, can we say this together? The year of the Lord's favor. Then he hands back the scroll and very dramatically says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, in the Passion, Passion Translation of verse 19, the year of the Lord's favor is translated as the message of Jubilee. 
And I think it's a, it's a good translation. Because what most commentators agree is that Isaiah 61, and therefore Jesus quoting Isaiah 61, is picking up on the Old Testament concept of jubilee, which any of you know, it's in Leviticus 25, and it was a one in 50 year. At the end of 50 years, supposedly, there was going to be this amazing year when all debts would be paid off and all slaves would be freed. Sound great, doesn't it? And what Jesus is doing in picking up on Isaiah 61, and interestingly, if you look at the text, also quoting a little passage from Isaiah 58, where it set the oppressed free. If any of you know anything about Isaiah 58, that's all about um, feeding the hungry and clothing uh, the naked. Jesus, I think, is unashamedly almost building on that Old Testament, if you like, socioeconomic jubilee, but he's saying that the jubilee is much wider than for one nation and just to meet socioeconomic needs. This new jubilee that he was declaring on that day was not just for one nation, for one people in one special year. He was saying that this was going to be a year of favor and salvation for multitudes from all generations, not just one year in 50, but for the whole age between when he declared it all the way through to his second coming. So can I say... I say, what time is it? It's Jubilee time. Because it was Jubilee time when Jesus declared it. It was Jubilee time when Jesus then went out in the power of the Spirit and did heal people and set captives free and save people and rescued them. It was Jubilee time when Jesus went to the cross and rose from the dead and poured out his Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people got saved. It was Jubilee time. It was Jubilee time when Paul wrote to the Corinthians, now, (laughs) say now, now is the day, the time of God's favor, now is the day of salvation. And what I want to focus on this year as we almost set up the rest of the decade is a beautiful little translation of Luke 4.19 from the Amplified Translation. This is the definition of the Amplified Bible, this year of the Lord's favor, It's a time when the salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. Don't you love that? Can we say that together? When the salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. That means right now is Jubilee. In fact, as we look back over the last 31 years... There's a sense in which we have been enjoying the salvation and free favors of God. When we started 31 years ago, with nine of us in a living room in our home, not having a clue what we were doing, but just running with Think Big, we couldn't have imagined what God was going to do. Right now, in multiple locations across different cities, thousands of people, not just are we getting blessed, but God is using us to bless and help other churches, significant churches and ministries right across this country and into Europe and beyond. Isn't God good? We've been under the favor of God. But as we turn into this new decade and this new year, we believe that there's a new urgency, a new mandate, same mandate. So yes, jubilee can happen anytime, 
But we want to, if you like, get a hold of this passage. Get a hold of this mandate. Get a hold of this burden from the Spirit. And say, like never before, we want to declare over our cities and over our communities and over people around us, it's jubilee. It's a time when the salvation and free favors of God can profusely abound. You don't have to stay lost. You don't have to stay outside of God's promises. You can be saved. You can enjoy the blessing of God on your life. Amen? This is the day. And so how do we respond then to this new, this new mandate? Well, there are five key emphases, and I hope you like your vision booklets. But what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of these over the next five weeks. I'm just going to give you the headlines today. Five key things that if God is saying jubilee in a new way for Kingsgate, new unprecedented season of salvation and free favor, what have we got to do? Five things. Number one. We're going to pray for an outpouring like never before. Can we say that? Pray for an outpouring like never before. Picking up words about revival. You're hearing the sound. You know, it was in the video. We recently had a prophetic friend of ours, Dwayne White. He prophesied the same basic thing only two weeks ago. Revival. Everywhere I go, Christians and church leaders across the nation are talking about expectation for revival. And so what about you? I want right now, this year, this decade, we're going to pray for an outpouring of God's Spirit in revival power like never before. Amen? And we don't just want it to be a blessing for the church. We want it to truly overflow so that it becomes like an awakening for our nation. Doesn't our nation need another great awakening? Amen? Let's pray that we won't go into a great depression. We'll go into a great awakening. Where multitudes are suddenly saying, what must I do to be saved? Let's pray like never before. And let's be clear that 2,000 years ago when Jesus first declared it, it was the Spirit of God and the fact that the Spirit that had been outpoured on him that made all the difference. Everything started for Jesus, and I'll, I'll share a bit more about this next week. We're going to look at praying for an outpouring and how we can experience, either for the first time, the infilling of the Spirit, or in a new way, fresh power to do the work of God. Excited about that? We want to pray for a fresh outpouring. See, Jesus didn't do any miracles until he was filled with the Spirit as his baptism. Then he went out, overcame the devil, came back in the power of the Spirit, and then he declared these words. We've already read them. I love this. Can we say this together? The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Beautiful, beautiful. Can you say the Spirit of the Lord is on me? It was kind of like a question. Can you really say? Thank you for being so obedient. <laughs> The Spirit of the Lord is on me. We can say yes in a measure over our journey together. The Spirit of the Lord has been upon us. But have you know that if the Spirit was essential for everything Jesus did, and the Spirit was essential for everything the early church did, he came on them on the day of Pentecost, how many of you know that we have the same Spirit already on us, but we need to pray, Lord, more of your outpouring on us and your spirit being poured out through us. I don't know about you, I long for a day when just like Peter could walk past in, in a normal kind of marketplace and people literally stepped into his shadow and they got healed. 
That's not Jesus, that's Peter. That's Jesus in Peter, come on. The same spirit that was on Jesus is in his church. So we need to pray for a fresh outpouring and manifestation of the spirit like never before. That's, if you like, the revival part. That's us. But we also want to pray, don't we, for an awakening for people who don't yet know Christ. Question, where, 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 wherever you gathered, whether you know, let's say, 10 people who don't yet know Christ, who you know them reasonably well. I was, I was, I was doing my maths. I, I didn't, we, we haven't got a, I haven't got a figure here exactly. But I think it would be a pretty conservative estimate to say around 4,000 people who are connected to Kingsgate through our different centers. Imagine with me if every single one of us took 10 people that we know, wrote them down in our vision booklets. You'll see that. I think it's after page 10. My VIP list. Who are VIPs? In kingdom terms, VIPs are very important people to God. They're people who you and I know, but they don't yet know God. Imagine if starting today, we went home, and we started seeking God. Who are the 10 people? Doesn't you, how many say, do, do I have to stop at 10? No, right, as many names you like. And we started praying for them. We started praying almost like the laser-like ministry of the Holy Spirit. Come upon them. Open their eyes so that they can see. And we all got in agreement. How many know 10 times 4,000? 40,000 people being prayed for by name. And then we're going to come together on Giving Day on March the 15th. And we're not just going to bring our offering. We're going to bring the, the copy of these VIPs. And we're going to bring them and lay them before the Lord. And then in the run-up to Easter, we're going to take communion. And we're going to be praying over them. Because we say, God, these people matter to you. They are lost. They need you. Will you do a work in their lives? How many think God will move? And then, of course, we're not going to restrict it to people we know. We're going to be praying for our communities and our cities, going prayer walking. Let's pray for an outpouring like never before. Can you say amen? amen. Secondly, let's serve those in need like never before. Can we say that? Serve those in need like never before. In Jesus' manifesto, picking up really on both the Old Testament Jubilee, but very de definitely from Isaiah 61 and Isaiah 58, there is a strong emphasis on the message to the poor, to the prisoners, and to the oppressed. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, it's not just a ministry of word, it's a ministry of word and deed. Amen? Jesus loves people God created people, and God wants to help people in every area of their lives. And so if we are going to get into and step into this jubilee mandate, we need to be increasingly concerned to minister to the needs of the whole people. For decades now, we've had, if you like, we've represented Jesus' bias to the poor. Can I say, by the way, you can be affluent and still have lots of needs. We need to help everybody. Amen. But in the Bible, there's like a bias to the poor. And so we've developed ministries that have served people overseas, and particularly um, in our Peterborough Center, which is obviously uh, most established. We've got some incredible community action ministries. Let me just give you one example. Last year, for example, we saw the food bank 
provide 166,000 meals, feeding 9,000 people. Isn't that amazing? That's a lot of need. That's a lot of people are getting help through the Jubilee ministry of Jesus, through his church. And then the care zone. We've been able to furnish just last year over 600 homes ministering to some of the most vulnerable people in our society. But how many of you want to say, let's do more? Let's do more. And so looking this year and this decade, we want to serve those in need individually, as groups, and in support of our community action ministries like never before. Can I say some good news too? As we give financially, we are serving those in need. You may not be aware, but everything, of 10% of everything that comes in, in tithes and offerings and profits, all goes into our mission fund. And a good chunk of that goes towards serving those in need. So every time you give, you're helping to serve those in need. And this will be the same with this next special offering. And also, um, I don't even remember, but a while back, we, we bought um, school uniforms for children. Well, this year, we're going to basically give into um, hundreds and hundreds of children, primary school children, having new school uniforms because we love our cities. Amen. And we want to bless young people. We want to serve those in need like never before. Thirdly, let's, can we say this together? Let's heal the sick like never before, including my voice, which was fine until I got up, and it's going to be fully healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's heal, heal, maybe the volume can go up and I'll talk a bit quieter. There we go. Let's heal the sick like never before. This, of course, is front and center in Jesus' manifesto and ministry. Here in Luke 4, there's a reference to the recovery of sight to the blind. I I think that's likely to be literally physical blindness and also spiritual blindness too. There's another lovely little phrase in um, Isaiah 61 that some New Testament translations um, record as well. It's heal the brokenhearted. How many know that more than ever in our society, there's a lot of brokenhearted people out there? Back to our well-being series, there's an awful lot of people with mental anguish and torment. Do you know that? It's like, it's like an epidemic. Well, praise God, we want to go and we want to heal the sick in mind and in body like never before. Yeah, we really do. Why? Because it's Jesus' heart, because Jesus loves people. <clears throat> Again, here in Kingsgate, we've had long-standing ministry of healing and uh, freedom. We've had things like ministry teams. We've got healing rooms. We run beta courses. Uh, and and we, we get amazing testimonies of people who get set free. Heard this week of one man who has been with us at Kingsgate, Cambridge. and experienced a number of healings in his life. He arrived with long-term pain due to a damaged ankle injury from working in a coal mine. <clears throat> this was healed so that he now has normal-sized and straightened ankle joint. Later, he was then diagnosed having some blood disorder. He came for healing on a Sunday, and when he returned to the hospital, they found he was all clear. God is good. Amen. God is in the healing, freeing business. But I trust you'd agree. We want to see so much more. Amen. We want to see so much more. So I'm praying, firstly, almost like God, will you sovereignly pour out your spirit? Let there be a wave of a fresh healing, freeing anointing over us. And then let's play our part and with new boldness 
Let's go and heal the sick like never before, both inside and out. Why? Because God loves us and he wants us to be well, as we heard last week. But also, you know when somebody who doesn't yet know Christ has a touch from God, it can be one of the major, major ways that they come to Christ. In our Peterborough healing rooms, um, as well as people getting healed, almost invariably, if people come into the healing rooms, they have a touch from God. And I think we've got something like 77 people have been, become Christians through the healing rooms. Amen. Many of them added to the church. Why? Because when you go out and heal the sick, God touches the deeper needs in their lives. So, can we say this together? Pray for an outpouring. Serve those in need. Heal the sick. And then number four, share the good news like never before. The heart of Jesus manifesto, yet again, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's great, isn't it, to demonstrate the love of God through healing and through, um, through, through acts of kindness, but we must also partner with the doing with words. You know, let's go out and let's not be, let's not be shy, you know, and timid. Let's be bold about just very clearly and confidently and winsomely saying, this is what God has done in my life. Let's share the good news like never before. Amen. And then let's invite people and bring them in to Alphas and to church like never before. You know, we've done this for 31 years and thousands of people have come to Christ. But what I'm excited about, and you know, we share stories at Staff Chapel all the time of just more and more people we're hearing us of, of reaching out and bringing people in. It's fantastic. You know, right now, Alpha in Leicester and Cambridge, they've got their biggest ever um, alphas going on. In Peterborough, we saw 700 more people at Christmas than we had done the, the, the year before. Isn't that amazing? Why does that matter? Because those 700 and everyone coming, they're very important people. And, and we know that many of those people who first come on a Christmas service, it'll often be their first step to faith. And I just want to show you a short story of a couple called Har Gary and Hannah who were first invited to a Christmas service in 2018. Please watch this. Hi, I'm Gary. This is Hannah, my wife. Uh, we have two kids, Alfie and Alba. So a year ago, life looked a lot different. We were struggling a little bit. Me in particular with, with the pressures of, of life and the pressures of a business, uh, finding that money every week and, and, and making sure that the bills were getting paid. So um, we got invited to a Christmas service. Um, when we walked in, we were really overwhelmed. We couldn't believe the scale of it, how big it was, how modern it was, um, how many people were there. So we were just really overwhelmed, really, and about how nice everyone was and what a lovely welcome we got as well. After the Christmas service, we went to church for a few weeks. We had lots of questions that we'd asked our friends about God. We, we literally didn't know anything about being a Christian. Yeah, I'd never picked up a Bible in my life. So um, our friend said, why don't you try the Alpha course? So we thought we'd give it a go. Halfway through the Alpha course, um, Gary was feeling quite anxious with the business and our table leader prayed for Gary. Yeah, so the impact of the, the prayer uh, on the Alpha course that week was instant for me. Went to work and I remember texting Hannah and saying, yeah, I just feel completely different today. And every day just kind of sort of 
felt better than it was before. I saw a complete change in Gary. He was, he was really peaceful. He came home, he didn't feel anxious. And I just saw a massive big difference. It had a big impact on me. So I lived my life without Jesus for so many years. It was a no-brainer for me to want Jesus in my life uh, after what had happened on the Alpha course and how good and how peaceful I'd felt. So it was during the Alpha course that uh, I gave my life to Jesus. I knew, I knew that I wanted this in my life and this is how I wanted to live my life. But it just got to a moment that I thought, I feel loved, I feel chosen, and this is the way that I want my life to be. I had a completely different feeling. I felt strength where I didn't feel strength before. And um, yeah, I just, I just I knew that it changed my life. Yeah, having our lives transformed the way that we have in the space of a year is remarkable. Friends, family, um, you know, have mentioned that they've seen a difference in the way that we are and the way that we are as a family unit. And, and I think we're in a perfect position to be able to help others, um, maybe that haven't ever thought of coming to church before, to open the door to them and just be like, Look, this is what's happened with us. We can help you, give them some guidance, give them some help, point them in the right direction, whatever that looks like through talking, evangelism, or, or any of these avenues, um, just to help more people. Isn't that wonderful? That's what Jubilee's all about. That's why we do what we do. And we could replicate that story many, many times in all different centers and different um, age groups. What I love there is that not only are they experiencing transformation, but they have caught the passion to see other people's lives transformed. So let's join them. And let's, in 2020 and into this next decade, let's share the good news like never before. Fifth and finally, going to like this. This year and this decade, we're going to throw a party like never before. Can we have a party sound? <laughs> See, it's like a fifth string to the bow. Because if we when we start seeing a breakout of the free favors of God and the salvation of God, guess what's going to happen? There's also going to be a breakout of joy and celebration. If you read on in Isaiah 61, uh, uh, Jesus doesn't actually quote this, but um, verse 3, it says there's going to be a beautiful exchange, and Jesus came to bring this, the exchange between he's going to give us the oil of joy instead of mourning. He's going to give us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair or a spirit of heaviness. How many agree? That's a wonderful exchange. We want to see more and more joy, more and more praise, less and less heaviness and despair. And God wants to start it in our midst, inside. And so we want to declare more and more the celebration um, of our God. But we don't want to keep the joy to ourselves. We want to actually, do you know, joy is a very powerful thing. You know that. It's a very attractive thing. The world is not full of joy right now. And, and so what we want to do is we want to celebrate and we want to invite others in to almost like a foretaste of the great feast and the great banquet that's going to take place in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. How are we going to do that? Well, we want to literally imitate the ministry of Jesus. You know that many of Jesus' miracles he did, if you like, in church, in synagogues, but many of them he did out in weddings you know, his first miracle was a wedding. And many of the people he, 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 he reached and he healed were actually in parties. And can I say, they weren't respectable kind of parties. He was often the only one there. And he, he, he literally had parties with, with the, sort of the outcasts 
of, of that society. And he actually instructs his, his children. He says, well, his disciples, when you throw a party, don't just invite your friends. Or can I put it like this? Don't just invite your life group. Do invite your life group because they're your friends. But don't just invite them. Go out, he says, and, and, and go out to the highways and the byways and bring people in because I want my house to be full. And so I believe that's a kind of a culture and a spirit of Christian hospitality. And so what we want to do um, this uh, year, 2020, is we're declaring a 50-day, a jubilee season of parties all across our different locations in Kingsgate. And we want to say to us as individuals, I've already got mine kind of lined up, uh, and um, as groups, you know, where we're going to throw parties. The party could literally just be having a neighbor around for a meal. It could be a barbecue. It could be a full-blown street party. And either individually or together in your area or in your groups, we want to run hundreds and hundreds of parties across a 50-day season, inside and out, inviting people from our community. And I'm just excited at the relational impact, what Jesus is going to do through that. Not just this year, but in years to come. Can you say amen? So what's this year about? It's the end of a four-year vision. It's the start of a new decade. Can we say this together? We're declaring Jubilee, a time when the salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. What are we going to do in response? Five things. Let's say this together. We're going to pray for an outpouring like never before. We're going to serve those in need like never before. We're going to heal the sick like never before. We're going to share the good news like never before, and we're going to throw a party like never before. Amen, amen. As we were praying and preparing for this, God gave Karen a very distinct picture. The picture was, was of us as a church family. It was definitely about us together enjoying God and enjoying one another, and the river was deep, and we were having a blast. We were full of joy, but the river was flowing out. And as it started flowing out, people literally started running in, crying out, what must I do to be saved? And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. The church of Jesus Christ got filled with the Spirit. The river flowed out. Peter preached about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the fulfillment of the Jubilee. 3,000 people became Christians, got baptized and added to the church. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be wonderful if this year, in addition to all the amazing things the Lord's done over the last three years and the last 31 years, but we saw a quickening of the pace and we started seeing a new anointing and, and an era and a time that sets up the rest of the decade of unprecedented salvation. Amen that we start seeing hundreds more people come to Christ and get baptized and added to the church, lost people coming home. I want to tell you, we'll be joining with Heaven's Party as they celebrate sinners coming home to their Heavenly Father. Amen, amen, amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that you are good, that you sent Jesus, that we might enjoy the salvation and free favors of our God. And then, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that your anointing would come upon us to partner with you, to see this like never before. I pray a blessing on Kingsgate, Cambridge, on Leicester, on Cafe Church, on London, on every one of us in Peterborough. Lord, we pray, Lord, we want to declare something new released, something fresh imparted right across the church. We did announce it and we declare it today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.